your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, right below prices, all the parts your car will ever need. You can visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So the Penguins released their 2021-2022 training camp uh, schedule, well, at least part of it. Um, actually, I think it's the um, entire training camp schedule. My apologies. I have the email loaded up here. I only uploaded part of it to my Twitter and the Locked On Penguins Twitter account. Uh, I'm going to go over it with you all in case you guys are looking forward to going to a practice. So, first off, all the practices will be at the UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex. If you don't know where that is, that is located in Cranberry. So, that's about. 25, 30 minutes outside the city. You go up I-79 North, it's it's right off the road. I mean, it, there's probably going to be maybe a little bit of traffic just because that's what that's how 79 is. But, you know, it's it's right past most of the Pittsburgh guys. It's just, just a little bit up north. They are all free and open to the public. Um, there's no statement with regards to how full it can get. I'm guessing it is going to be full capacity, but it is great to see that um, all the practices will be free and open to the public. The first practice will be on Thursday. Uh, teams 1 and 2 will open their first practice from 9 to 9.45 a.m. A scrimmage will follow for the next 45 minutes at 10 o'clock. And then Team 3 will come on at 11.30 a.m. And then again at 12.40. Uh, Josh Williams and Sam Howd have been added to the training camp roster. And then they will also have practices on Friday the, the 24th. Team 2 will practice there. Team 3 then there will be a scrimmage between those two teams, and then there will also be conditioning uh, on Saturday. Uh, team 1 and Team 3 will practice at the same time. Then there will be another scrimmage. S- uh, Sunday, There's real, I don't think we know which teams will be practicing yet. There's still going to be a scrimmage that day from 11 a.m. to 12.30. Um, on Saturday's scrimmage, that will be from 10 to 10.45. Friday's scrimmage will be from 10 to 10.45 as well. Monday, there will be a morning skate at PBG Paints Arena. I do not think those will be open to the public. And then there will be a, their first preseason game uh, against the Columbus Blue Jackets at PPG Paints Arena. Uh, Wednesday, they will have practice. Thursday, September 30th, they will have practice. Friday, there will be a game at Buffalo, their second preseason game. Sunday, October 3rd, will be a game against Detroit. Saturday, October 2nd, they will have practice. Um, their, their other preseason game is October 5th against the Sabres, October 7th against the Red Wings, and then October 9th against Columbus. And then they have a day off on October 10th before I think they have their first, uh, game practice Monday or Tuesday. I think that's probably when after that game, they'll announce their big roster cuts. But if you're looking to go this weekend, uh, nine to nine 45 is when the first two teams will practice. Then from 10 to 10 45, there will be a scrimmage between those two teams. And then from 12 40 to one 30 team three will practice. I don't think they have been split up into their teams. If I check out this PDF, um, right here, no, they, they have not announced that yet. I'm guessing that's going to be coming 
um, by tomorrow because, you know, tomorrow's Wednesday. So it, that roster will have to be out sometime in the next 24 hours. Once I have that roster in my email from the Penguins Communications Department, I will let you all know either on the Locked On Penguins Twitter account or my Twitter account. Then, of course, I'll talk about it on the show as well. So, again, to summarize all of this, most of the practices, basically all of them, will be in the morning at Cranberry. They are free to get in um, and all are open to the public. And in other news, development camp actually wrapped up today. I thought it wrapped up yesterday. That is my apologies. The scrimmage, or uh, the official wrap-up scrimmage was today. It was Team Black versus Team Gold. Sam Poulin was on the line with John Gruden and Valtteri Pustinen. Felix Robert was with Kyle Olsen on Team Black with Cam Lee, Ryan McCleary on defense, Nicholas Amari, and Dylan McPherson. Team Gold had Josh Williams and Justin Almeida on their top line with Philip Hollander and Nathan Laguerre on the second line, and then Isaac Bellevue, John, Josh Manascalo, excuse me, on one defensive pair, then Chris Mauricio Ortiz and Will Riley on another defensive uh, pair. The three goalies all rotated throughout the scrimmage, and they were doing quite a bit of stuff from what I was following on Twitter. They did 5v5. Uh, there was a shootout, and according to Taylor Haas, uh, Philip Lindberg stopped Sam Poulin, Pustinen, and John Gruden, while uh, Brochu stopped Josh Williams and Nathan McGarry. So I don't think anyone scored in the shootout, which is a bit surprising. I guess the goalies really just won the day with this. They also played three-on-three. Three. Will Riley scored twice, and that's a player that Matt Vensel was talking about on Penguins Twitter today as someone who he thinks could be on the NHL roster this year. I'm, I'm not too sure about that if I had to offer up my take. I think, honestly, I'm not too sure about that. I mean, there's every chance that he could be on the roster at some point, but I think that would only be because of injuries. I pr would prefer to see Cam Lee in that role to see what he has over someone like Will Riley, but you know, I'll, I'll eat all the crow on that if Riley comes up and plays well in a short stint with the team. But it definitely looked like he had a good game today. I think one of the goals that he had, he roofed over Philip Lindbergh, I'm pretty sure. And then Lindbergh also stopped Poulin and Felix Robert on breakaways during the scrimmage. Uh, Taylor says he had a really strong game overall. After the three on three, they went through another shootout. Pustinen scored in that one. I think a couple other players. Uh, scored as well. Sidney Crosby again skated today uh, during the scrimmage, well, on another sheet of ice. So it's really big that he is already skating. Again, he's probably still going to miss at least the first week of the regular season, but the fact that he's already skating in training camp has not even officially started yet, that's some pretty good news and I think shows that he's not going to miss too much time outside of those six weeks, at least in my opinion. Um, we also did see Jari debuted his new pads today. They are basically all black. I mean, there's a little bit of gold down at the bottom, but these are pretty sweet. I know everyone in the comments, and you know, especially on Twitter, is just going to be like, okay, you know, where's the new glove or where's the new glove hand? And I understand that's a low-hanging fruit joke, but these new pads are still pretty sweet. I can't wait to see them in game action. I think they are going to look pretty decent. And in other sad news, according to Taylor, Chris Tang has cut his hair and his hair is now short again. So we absolutely hate to see that. I am always a huge fan of Chris Tang having longer hair than shorter hair. And that is the type of content that I will be bringing on this episode of Locked on Penguins. Yes, a discussion about Chris Tang's hair and whether it should be better long versus short. Um, my opinion, again, I would prefer it long, but you know, he's probably just going to grow it out through the regular season. Hopefully it's a lot longer by the time the playoffs roll around 
if this team does get in, but you know, I'm sure they will. Okay, I'm done talking about Crystal Tanks here because I could probably go on about that for the next five to ten minutes of this episode. I don't need all of you just tuning out after the first seven minutes of this one, that's for sure. But okay, also, I did do my early season predictions for Locked On this morning. There's a, It was basically a Google Doc that comes out, or actually, I should say a Google Sheets thing that comes out to all of the Locked On hosts and they just get to fail, you know, who, who you think is going to represent this conference in the Western Conference Final and blah, 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 blah. So I am going to share the picks that I had um, for this one. So the first question was, who will represent the Atlantic Division of the Eastern Conference Finals? I did say the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, I am a big fan of the Maple Leafs this year, but until they actually win a playoff series, I'm not going to pick them in anything regarding the playoffs. Boston, I think, is going to be really good again, but just when it comes down to it, even when Tuga Rask is there, I would still take Tampa's roster. Florida is going to be really good, but I think Tampa is just, they're better. And Montreal, they're not going to get in the playoffs this year. I know everyone is probably going to think that I might be a bit crazy just because they went to the Stanley Cup final this past year. But this roster right now is worse than what they had um, after this season. And they just play in a really tough division, so I can't see it. Uh, which team will represent the Metropolitan Division in the Eastern Conference Finals? What You know what? I just said the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't trust any of these other... Well, I I shouldn't say that. I trust the Islanders a lot, but if the Penguins get average goaltending against them, they will beat them in a playoff series 100%. It should have happened this past season. Um, if that actually does happen in the playoffs this coming season, uh, Pittsburgh will beat them and they will be the team in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I know Carolina is really good, but I don't trust their goaltending. Washington has gotten really old despite having some good forwards. I just don't trust their goaltending as much either. And you all know my thoughts on the Flyers, Blue Jackets, and Devils. I don't really think those two or three teams are going to be that good this year. And I think the Rangers, honestly, are not going to be that good either. Uh, which team will represent the Eastern Conference in the Stanley Cup Final? Um, I, I did put Tampa Bay. I mean, I, I have them going back just because they're so freaking good. I have the Penguins losing in the Eastern Conference Final. Um, I, I, I think it would be a big surprise if Pittsburgh would be able to win that series against the Lightning. You know, call me a homer for putting the Penguins in the Eastern Conference Final because of the results the last few years. I do think when this team is fully healthy and they get at least average goaltending, they have what it takes to go through the Eastern Conference and play Tampa, but probably not beat them in a series where it really matters. Uh, which team will represent the Central Division? I have Colorado. I mean, Arizona's not going to be that good. Dallas might be okay. St. Louis, they'll be good, but I don't see them beating Colorado. They got crushed in the playoffs last year. Chicago's going to stink. Winnipeg, I don't really like either. Nashville, I'm not really sure what to make of them. I think they're kind of doing a big retool. Minnesota will be really good, but when it comes down to it, Colorado should come out of that division into the Western Conference Finals. Pacific-wise, I'm going to do a rematch. I'm going to go Vegas. I mean... Uh, Seattle's probably not going to get in. I like what Los Angeles did this offseason, especially with adding Philip Deneau. I believe they also added Victor Arvidsson. Um, I think they are a playoff team this year. I think it's going to be one of my bold predictions this season when I do that for the entire NHL. I think the LA Kings will get into the playoffs this year because I've really liked what Rob Blake has been doing with that rebuild. Anaheim stinks. Calgary, I don't even know what their plan is there. Vancouver, I also think, has a chance to get in, but I don't think they're going to beat Vegas in a seven-game series. San Jose is going to stink. Edmonton, you know, they're 
that's a huge wild card. But I had Vegas playing in the Western Conference Final. Then I have Colorado going to the final against Tampa Bay with the Avs winning. I really do think this is the Avs year. I understand everyone probably has a sour taste in their mouth for, you know, probably picking the Avs this past year and then it didn't happen as Vegas went on to play Montreal. But I do think Colorado has what it takes to win that series, and they will do it. And then, again, I have Colorado winning the Cup. Um, as regards to the Hart Trophy, Connor McDavid until um, he basically dies. Norris Trophy, I'm going to go Kale McCarr. I think he had a good case to win it last year. Um, and if he is fully healthy this year and doesn't miss any time, he should be able to win this, even if Victor Hedman is back and is his former self. I'm really high on McCarr this year. Uh, Vesna, I'm just going to go Andre Vasilevsky. You know, I know Flurry won it this past year and maybe he should not have, but you know, I'm still very happy that he did. Um, even though Vasilevsky, I think had the better stats. So I'll give, go Vasilevsky again, just because he's probably going to stay healthy with regards to the Calder trophy. I was going back and forth between Zegris and Cole Caulfield. Um, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Caulfield right now. I really liked what we saw in those Stanley Cup final games and in the 30 NHL games that he played. Um, he's going to be a really good player for a really long time. And I think he's going to send a message to a lot of people around the league this year that he is here and he is here to stay. So I really think Caulfield will win it. So that is some of my NHL predictions for this season. Let me know what you all think on my Twitter at Hunter Hodes and the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Now, before we do get to the next segment, we do have to talk about Rock Auto. It is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, smart oil, and even new carpet. You can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck. And you can write Locked On in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, right below prices, all the parts a car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. Now, does this sound familiar to you all? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like number four so you can watch your favorite sports movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So I wanted to do something different in this segment and talk about the three biggest current rivalries with the team coming into this season. I mean, obviously all of them will be in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, Number one, definitely Washington. I mean, these games are always so much fun when the two teams play. And I, I think there's kind of a mini big brother, little brother version with these two teams just because the Penguins have usually beaten them all the time, especially in the playoffs. And last season, Pittsburgh actually won six of eight meetings against the Capitals. But the skill between the two teams is just top-notch. And you all know that the fan bases absolutely despise each other. I mean, I live in Caps country. I have lived in Capitals country for 
18 of the 23 years that I have been alive, um, it has only gotten worse as the years have gone on. I don't really think they've had another big rivalry. I mean, I think Washington fans have hated the Rangers a lot, but nothing, and I mean nothing, trumps the Penguins. And, you know, I think it's been the same in Pittsburgh for the last couple of years now. It always used to be the Flyers, but I really think that rivalry has gone downhill a bit. I mean, it's probably number two on my list of top rivalries for the Penguins, but it used to be number one by a landslide, but it's just not that anymore. Washington has taken that place, and you know maybe some of it does have to do with Tom Wilson, and yes, he is going to be a big factor this year in the games, and no, the Penguins should not sign anyone or do anything stupid to try to get back at Tom Wilson. The best way to always do that is to just light him up on the scoreboard and then just laugh in his face after the game saying, hey man, thanks for the win, thanks for coming, and we'll see you in the next matchup. So um, just it, it always is fun when those two teams play. I like when they're on national TV as well. I think the league should be still promoting that as much as they can just because it's one of the premier rivalries in the sport. I would like to see, if the, I want to see a couple of things before Sid and Gina retire. Obviously, a championship is number one. But I do want to see Sid and Ovi go at it one more time in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I know that it may seem crazy to say that just because they've gone at it four times during the Sid and Ovi era. But I think one more round five for all the marbles. I know the Penguins would probably, you know, overall they would win the series three games to two. Um, it would be better if it was four games to one, of course. But um, I think we all need to see that one more time before they go. I mean, Ovechkin's 36 at this point. Sid is 35. Um, they're going to retire faster than you think. So I really do want to see another playoff series between these two teams because, again, I think that would bring the rivalry to even bigger heights and with full capacity likely going to be back for all those games it's just going to make it that much bigger again number two is the flyers um it's just the rivalry is not the same anymore it, it really is not i mean I, i'm not a proponent of fighting I, I used to like it back in the day you know when aaron ashen was dropping the gloves with Braden shen and you know just Mike Ritzer, Mike Richards, excuse me, and then Jeff Carter was being an idiot on Philadelphia. Then you know they had Simone Gagne and Brian Boucher and Michael Layton and Kimo Timon and Chris Pronger, Andre Mazaros, Danny Bruyere, who I can't stand. You know, a lot of people on the 2012 team too. Scott Hartnell, I'll always never forget him in that series. And it was just that series was fun just because it was chaotic, even though it also had no goaltending. But man, that was one fun series to watch and that really probably got a lot of penguins fans and flyers fans into the sport well new fans i should say because i'm sure some people tune into that and are like wow you know this is really cool i'm going to start supporting you know this team and then they can tell that story to whatever friends girlfriend boyfriend uh, family members that they have but in the last few years it's just been the same you know you get the crosby sucks chance when he comes to philadelphia then still owns them every time um he walks into the wells fargo center Nothing really happens on the ice, but I think that also has to do with a lot of, you know, longtime flyers leaving. Wayne Simmons is not there anymore. Heck, the modern day caveman Jacob Voracek is not there anymore. Uh, Braden Shen left, who, you know, I couldn't stand when he was in Philadelphia for all those years. Danny Briere is gone. I mean, the only real one that I think people in the Penguins fan base make fun of is Claude Giroux. And the games are also just not even that excited anymore. I think that maybe has to do with Elaine Vigneau hockey because he is a very boring coach in today's NHL but it's just there's a lot of new faces there and so it's 
not the same and it hasn't been the same in the last few years. Lastly, um, I think the, the third biggest rivalry uh, with the Penguins, I don't even want to say that it's the Columbus Blue Jackets just because they haven't played each other in a year. And I also think that's the biggest big brother, little brother thing because Columbus thinks of Pittsburgh as their biggest rival when the Penguins probably consider them like their fifth or sixth biggest rival. I'm not going to say Chicago because I know NBC would always try to hype that up as a rivalry, but I mean, it's not. I think outside of that, it honestly is the New York Islanders. I really think that is the Penguins' third biggest rival. I know some people would want me to say the Rangers, but you know they haven't really played in the playoffs a lot lately. I know they used to play them quite a bit in 2014, 2015, and 2016, but after that, the games kind of died down a bit, and I just don't really think those two fan bases hate each other as much as the Penguins and Islanders do. It also helps when these two teams play each other in the playoffs two out of the last three years, and you know Barry Trotz is leading one, Mike Sullivan is leading the other, but these two teams have been rivals for well over 30 years now, and the games, well, they are a bit boring just because Trotz coaches the Islanders, but I always like to see the big chess match between Mike Sullivan and Trotz. It's so fun to watch. You saw it a lot in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I think Sullivan would have won that matchup again if Tristan Jari would have given them better goaltending. So those, I think, are the three biggest rivalries with regards to the Penguins right now, and I think the three teams that you'll definitely see some chippy games among them this year, though I would have to think the Islanders and the Capitals are atop that list just because they're bigger teams, and they always try to get under the Penguins' skin, especially uh, the Islanders, you know, they, their fourth line of Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck and Casey Zizekas always likes to stir crap up for literally no reason at all. So those are my thoughts on the three biggest rivalries pertaining to Pittsburgh right now. We still have a little more to get to for this episode, but before we do that, we do have to talk about BetOnline.ag. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. You can head to the website or use your phone to sign up today to receive your 100% off welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. That is BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports with the promo code Locked On. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So I wanted to spend this segment talking about which player I think um, is destined for the biggest leap this season in terms of play. I've actually had a lot of thought about this um, with you know regards to players at all positions on this team, but I think the player that will have the biggest leap this season in terms of play. I'm going to say it. I think it really is going to be John Marino, and I'm going to tell you why. I think he's going to spend the majority of his minutes playing with Marcus Pedersen, which is so crucial for him because it allows him to do the things that he is really good at, you know, carrying the puck into the zone, being one of the better players on the team in terms of zone exits per 60 and, you know, again, zone entries per 60 and just being a good playmaker as well. You know, I know his defensive numbers are also really good, but I do think that there is a lot of untapped potential there with his offensive game that needs to come out if he is going to live up to the contract that Jim Rutherford signed him to, because that was a pretty lengthy extension. I mean, what was it? Six years, almost $5 million per, and he is only someone that provides value right now on the defensive side of the ice. And I know that's all fine and dandy, but sooner or later, you're going to have to put up some offensive numbers to 
make that money worth it. There was a bit of regression with regards to Marino last year. Part of it probably had to do with him playing with Mike Matheson a lot of times. I've explained on the podcast numerous times throughout the offseason that why that is such a terrible idea. Now, again, both of those players are very offensively minded, especially Matheson. He's not good in the defensive zone. Both of them want the puck at all times and want to carry it into the zone. When you have that on one pairing, it's not going to work, which is why Marino works so much better with Pedersen because Pedersen is able to be back in the defensive zone if Marino makes a mistake, and you, I would trust him a lot more than someone like Matheson to cover for a mistake that Marino would make, and then vice versa. If Pedersen makes a bad pinch in the offensive zone or does something else, I, I would trust Marino a lot in the defensive zone just because of how great he is in 1v1 matchups and all that other jazz. But again, you know, his finishing impact last season was just not good. When you look at it in the offensive zone, minus 7.3% expected goals for a whole lot of blue in front of the net. That's not what you want to see. The year before that, it was a little bit better at minus 4.4% expected goals for, but you always want to be on the positive. So there was definitely a big regression for him there. But by playing him with the right partner and deploying him the right amount of minutes, whether that's, you know, 16 to 18 a night, I really think you're going to see the big leap that we all expected from Marino last year for this season. And I would not be surprised to see him get a lot of second power play minute times. I know Mike Matheson likes to chew those up, but I think Mike Sullivan has always preferred 2D man on the second power play unit just because, you know, it is a second unit. He wants to load up a top unit as much as he can. He's not going to go full Dan Bilesma and put Paul Martin and Chris Letang on the top pairing and leave out um, a top player back in the day. I think they, what they did was they did Sid, Gino, Martin, Letang, and I'm pretty sure they did James Neal, but they left out um, quite a few other elite players from that unit and just put them on the second unit. But, you know, Mike Sullivan does not believe in that and never has. And I know you will see him on the top penalty kill unit because I believe he had a lot of minutes on there last year as well. So that is my pick for the player that is going to make the biggest leap this year. And, you know, the Penguins better hope that he does because if he plays like the way he did in 2020, they will be up a creek uh, defensively wise. You know, you all know what you're going to get in Crystal Tang and Brian Dillon. They're going to be rock solid for you on a nightly basis. Marcus Pedersen is going to outplay his critics pretty badly. You know, I, I think some people are a bit too harsh on him, they just they see him lose a battle in the corner and think he's too soft or something like that, as Michelle Terrian says. But I, I don't really believe in that kind of stuff. I think he's just fine how he is. You all know how Mike Matheson is a total chaos player, and then who knows who's going to win that number six job. But you know, again, if Marino is able to make that big leap, it makes the Penguins' defensive corps that much better, and I do think he will make that leap for Pittsburgh this year. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'll have another episode coming out tomorrow with regards to some things with training camp and other stuff around the team. I hope you all listen to it. I'm so happy I'm back doing these daily episodes for you all. Check out that tomorrow. Hope you all have a great rest of your evening.